When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 3, Episode 5, Chapter Titled Hometown Hero. She was ready for that. Uh-huh. She was like about to cut me off to say it. I was just making sure that I have my timing correct. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And we're doing a Boy Meets World podcast. In case you didn't know, Season 3, Episode 5, you just found out this has all been about Boy Meets World the whole time. Are we you serious? We didn't come up with this. It just kind of happened organically. It started out as something different. We created a TV show <laughs> in a world where a boy meets... All right. No, I got nothing. This is why we have to do a, a TV show podcast. We can't come up with our own. That's true. No original material here. Nope. None. Um, hi, Tanya. Hi. How's uh-huh. your week been? I haven't seen you in a whole week. It does actually seem like we haven't seen each other much. We've been very busy. Even though we've spent the last... 24 hours together uh we haven't really you worked yesterday it's sunday today we spent the last 16 hours together like nonstop. and like barely though we weren't actually like together together (laughs) we literally at each other's side for 16 hours and that's not but we were watching um a talent show Uh uh-huh so we weren't like conversing with each other talking about our days or anything like that we were together okay whatever (laughs) Uh, yeah, so we got nothing to talk about, I guess. What? I mean... Are you serious? What do you have to talk about, Tanya? I mean, we've done so much. All right, what do you want to tell the peep, the class? I the mean, peep? I don't actually want to tell them, like, anything specific, but, like, last night we went to a talent show. Mm-hmm. Aubrey's dance team was competing in a talent show. Yep. Um, and it was put on by uh, an organization in our area that helps blended families mm-hmm. kind of adjust to each other, which is really cool. It was. I didn't know that going into the talent show. And I, as she's reading about blended families, I'm sitting there next to Tanya to my right and Aubrey's mom to my left. And they're like, we're doing this to help blended families. And I'm like, okay, all right, back off. I feel like we could help them. We could. (laughs) We could. Um, But so that was really cool. The hosts were really fun. And there was so much like really cool talent there. Um, So it was fun. It was exhausting. We didn't get home until very late, which is why we're recording today, which is Sunday instead of Saturday like we normally do. Yeah. We have a very packed Sunday today. We do. It's Steven Universe Future Day. Except yesterday was Steven Universe Future Day, but our day was too packed to watch it. Well, also, we don't have the channel. We have the app. And it showed up last night. Uh Uh-uh. Yes, it did. It showed up last night, and then it also says now available every Saturday. Well, I checked before we went to bed. It wasn't there. That's odd because... It was just the trailer. I checked. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, it says every Saturday. Okay. So anyway, Steven Universe Future, we're going to watch it later, and it's killing me that we haven't watched it yet, but we're going to do Cookie Cats and um, Fry Bits for dinner. We're doing a whole theme. It's going to be so fun. We're starting that theme at like two o'clock in the afternoon. It was going to be a whole day. Yeah, but we have to do this podcast. It's very important. Responsibility. We don't have to. We want to. We do want to, but we also have a responsibility to our listeners. Okay. All right. So. You guys mean a lot to us and we don't want to let you down. Mm-hmm. And you guys are the only reason Tanya still does this show, apparently. I mean, I like to look into your eyes and talk to you about Boy Meets World class <laughs> Alden uh so 
I guess, is it Blurred Me Up? Is it Blurred Me Up? Is it Blurred Me Up? Is it? Is it? I'm asking you. Oh, I was asking you and you didn't answer. You asked me a question. Well, I was confused by your question. This is your episode. Take the reins. All right. The blurb for today for season three, episode five, Hometown Hero is Corey receives the key to Philadelphia after he saves everyone from a homework stealing alien invasion. Okay. I'll take it. Um, There was no key, though, anywhere. Anywhere to be found. There was no key. I wish I had a key to a city. What does that even mean? I'm always confused by it. I'm pretty sure it's not an actual key to the city. Like, you can't do anything with it. You just walk into a bank. Just take all the money. Like, this is my key. Sorry, guys. I don't even saw this, but I have a key. In movies and TV shows when we were young, the key was always, like, this gigantic thing that they presented at, like, a ribbon-cutting ceremony or something. So, like, what if you just carried that key around with you and, like, flashed it like a badge, but it was, like, gigantic, so you had to, like, carry it over your shoulder? Put that shit on a keychain? Just, like... (laughs) limping everywhere you go <laughs> like it's a key fob have that one, lets you into everywhere you got one real buff leg from walking around with it on your right <laughs> right pocket yeah uh so this this episode hometown hero was directed by john tracy and it was written by matthew nelson i do believe this is the first time either of these people have been named on our show we don't know these people yeah Who are you... all these people but we so this episode is very different that was seinfeld I got it. This episode I was just is... going to ignore what you just did. Um, it's very different. It's very different from the last few episodes that we've watched. So it makes sense that it's by people that we don't know. That's true. Classroom or not? Classroom. What? I know. Classroom? Is this the first time in the third season that we're in the classroom? I think so. I mean, to start the episode, yes. Okay. So we're in the classroom. Mm-hmm. But what classroom, Tanya? Chemistry. Yeah. They're in the chemistry lab. I don't think we've been in chemistry class at all. I do think that the chemistry lab is Mr. Turner's classroom. You think? Oh, yes. I didn't catch that, but... They walk in, like, that same door. Mm -hmm. They walk in that door, and, like, the windows are in the same spot. The desk is in the same spot. But there's just a guy in a lab coat, so it's a chemistry class. Who was he? He was somebody. Was he? Yes. I didn't notice that he was anybody, and I didn't look him up. This is your episode. Take the reins. Okay. So. While I look up who this was. Okay. Corey and Sean are walking into class through the door and they're like, oh, goodness. Or I think we had a paper due. What? We had a paper due. That's crazy. I didn't do a paper. And um, they start talking about how an alien stole their paper so they couldn't turn it in. And then they notice that um, a football player is walking up to the chemistry teacher whose name in real life is. I don't know whose name is in real life. I was going to tell you that the football player's name was Tommy. Oh, I thought you were going to tell I me only, about the chemistry. Team. I only th- registered that. Like, that only stuck in my brain because I was checking the episode notes on the Boy Meets World wiki. And somebody said in the comments that Tommy is now their math teacher in real life. <gasps> That's crazy. Yeah. That would be nuts if, like, I mean, how many of these teachers and stuff were, like, child actors at some point in their lives and just never went on to do it can you imagine that i can't imagine that my teacher was mr feeney cool um so the chemistry teacher is talking to tommy and tommy's like oh i don't have my paper because i have practice or something like that that uh chemistry teacher by the way just off the top of my head his name was jim jansen um and he was in um 
Death Becomes Her and Water for Elephants and Gilmore Girls. He was a reverend in Gilmore Girls. Okay. That's probably where I remember him from. That's probably it too. I saw Water for Elephants, but I didn't really, I don't think, pay attention to it really. He was in Mike and Molly, that hit, that hit show, it Mike and Molly. It was sort of a hit. It was kind of a hit. And I, I didn't enjoy it. No, me either. I don't like most sitcoms though. Right. Oh, he was in an episode of Parks and Rec. As who? Stuart. Don't know Stuart. Me either. Anyway, so he basically, Stuart from Parks and Rec tells um, Tommy. Go Stu. Tells Tommy that it's okay. You don't have to turn your paper in because we really need you to catch the football. Yeah, he said. Touchdown. He said, when I said no exceptions, I didn't mean you, Tommy. You certainly have an exception. You can take the rest of football season to turn it in. And Tommy says, well, then I have basketball? Something. And he says, oh, well, then just forget all about it. Don't turn it in at all. Which I don't know. I don't know if that happens in high school as much. I don't know that it does. I feel like there's there is a little bit more leniency because a lot of the staff does want their team to go far. And a lot of these students, if they don't get good grades, they can't be on the team. So I think there are exceptions that are made, but I don't know if it's like, no, just don't turn your paper in. Yeah, I doubt it's like that. But I I, th- I do think they would get like second chances. Go ahead and retake this yeah, test, whatever. Extra get a, help, maybe. Get a tutor. But I do know that this stuff legitimately happens in colleges. So. Yes. It's not that far-fetched. Right. And we all know that this high school is basically a college. Mm -hmm. Like, all the grades are lumped together, yet they have the smallest auditorium known to man. Yes. Um, So, Corey's like, okay, okay, okay. Let me go talk to the chemistry teacher because we've got an understanding. Maybe he'll let us off with, like... Give us some extra time, too. Yeah, he says we're very tight. And then he walks over, and the next thing you see is the classroom is dark, and Corey and Sean are climbing through the window. Or Corey's climbing through the window. Sean is already in there. I assume that he had also climbed through the window. But did he? No, he walked through the gate, and he was like, Corey, I don't understand why you didn't walk through the gate like I did. And Corey's like, it just didn't feel right. It was too easy. Right. And Corey's going on a tangent about you know, the paper and breaking and entering and all of the things that are going on. And Sean is just like, um, you know, most of the time when people break and enter, like they don't stay around to, to vent. vent. Yeah. Uh, which is a good point. It is a very good point. And it's like, um, that's what all the villains do and all the, like the Marvel stuff and like comic books and, and all that in video games, Disney movies, Disney movies. But in Disney movies, the villains get to where they need to villain and they sing an entire Musical number. But that's my point. I wonder if most Disney villains and stuff like that didn't start out as little Corey Matthews's who were just like... Ups- Trying to turn in a chemistry paper because that's were, what they were trying they to were do. They were so upset with how the system was that they eventually like, they were like, I just can't handle this injustice. I've always been the good kid and I can't do it anymore. I am going to tear it all down. And that's why they turn into villains. Yes, that is it. And that's why they vent. We've literally watched that happen a thousand times. And that's why Sean doesn't turn into a Disney villain. Because, because he's already bad. Exactly. So he doesn't have to vent because he's just like, I don't care. Right. Mm, we figured it out. Yeah, I think we just finished our podcast. Bye. We figured out the whole world. Class dismissed. It's only dismissed if I say so. Damn. So. Damn, girl.
Corey and Sean are in the classroom. They turn in their papers. They're like, yes, we're good. We did it. And then the flashlight goes out. The flashlight goes out. There's light in the windows from, I guess, the street lights. But for some reason, to get to the window that they need to climb out of, they need the flashlight. And Sean says, or Corey says, Check. check the batteries. And Sean says, okay, but I'll need the flashlight to do that. And then Corey says, no, dummy, we'll need matches in our chemistry class. And there must be matches in the chemistry class because it's a chemistry class. Right. So they find matches. They find matches, but they can't find the window. I'm so confused. Okay. They light the match. Mm -hmm. And it just like lights a lot. Mm -hmm. It's like a... Like magic a, fire well, it does like a chemical reaction i think yeah and then they throw it in the trash can and they start blowing on the trash can and they're like backdraft which was just a call out to a movie mm-hmm. and then they jump out the window which they could have done to begin with it's true but they needed that light from the trash can if you stared hey. at that fire for even one second it would have blinded you hey tanya uh-huh sometimes you gotta let the trash can light your way home i will not everybody just sometimes you gotta let the trash can light your way home. He's working on slogans. I got a t-shirt for us. You know what it says? <laughs> what? Sometimes you gotta let the trash can light your way home. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so they jump out the window. And Corey was like, I can't believe we did that. Uh, did you put the fire out before you jumped out the window to Sean? Corey says that to Sean because Sean came out after him. That is correct. And Sean's like, no, like it's in a trash can. It'll go out by itself for when they take the trash out in the morning. Mm. And Corey goes, Sean, it's in a chemistry lab. Chemicals are explosive. And Sean says, oh, no, that's bad news. And Corey says, I know. And Sean says, no, I ended my paper with, in conclusion, chemicals do not explode. So Corey's like, I've got to go back in the classroom. So he starts to climb back up. He's like, I've got to go put the fire out. And Sean's like, okay, but when you go in there, can you please change the end of my paper? And Corey, I guess, goes in. I guess, because what do we see next? We see classroom or not? No, not. We see the hallway. This is very important. We see the hallway, but guess Oh, I'm not I'm not even going to tell you where we cut to next. We cut to the hallway now. I'm very confused as to what you just said. You'll see. Okay. So we're in the hallway and Corey and Sean are talking about the fact that like nobody knows what they did. It's perfectly fine, whatever. Well, Corey's freaking out about it. Yeah. And Sean's trying to calm him down. And uh, Janitor Bud comes over and is like, there you are. I know what you did. And grabs Corey calls him like the curly haired one or something like that and drags him into Mr. Turner's classroom where Mr. Turner and Eli are standing at the desk smiling at Corey and then Mr. Feeney comes in after them and Janitor Bud's like, he saved my life. He pulled the fire alarm. There was a fire and I woke up because of the fire alarm because apparently he was sleeping in his broom closet. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, if, if you hadn't pulled that fire alarm, some other janitor would be sweeping me up this morning dark janitor bud yeah that was so morbid and very funny <laughs> but Corey says oh oh well or mr turner says is is that true Corey?" and he says i mean if he says he saw me he saw me and mr turner's like atta boy and Corey goes atta boy 
And he said, yeah, you saved his life. You're a hero. And Corey's kind of like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess I did. And Mr. Feeney, you see him over there like, uh-oh. Yeah, Mr. Feeney is definitely assessing the situation correctly, like, immediately, because, frankly, it wouldn't be difficult to do. Like, Corey and Sean at the school in the middle of the night, there's a random fire. Mm-hmm. Corey is there to pull the fire alarm. Yeah, I'm very shocked that Mr. Turner hasn't put it together yet. Um, and uh, I, I would be very shocked if he does together over the course of this episode, for sure. Uh, and I'm very glad that you put into words what Mr. Feeney's feelings were, because I couldn't find the words to say that. So I just drew a confused face on my paper for my notes. It was just like a, huh? Mr. Feeney. Oh, hmm? you really did. I did. I thought that was a bit. Uh, it's not a bit. I just didn't. I thought at some point I'll figure this out. And I didn't. I did. You did. It's so. it's our teamwork in action. Yes. So anyway. Blended families. So We're we co- so strong. It's so- amazing. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> so we cut from the hallway to the class. Or it started in the hallway and went to the classroom. Now we cut to the hallway again. Yes. Where Two scenes in a row in the hallway. Corey and Sean are talking about it. And Corey's like, I'm really not comfortable with this. Like, I'm not who they're saying that I am. And Sean, please note that Sean is like, oh, man, like, mm. this is going to be great. Because then the chemistry teacher comes over and is like. Also, there was red carpet leading up to Corey's locker. Oh, yeah, they went overboard. A red carpet is leading to Corey's locker. And then Janitor Bud installs a. Locker genie. Locker genie. Like it's like an automatic locker opener and it like sings angel music when it opens. There's a light in the locker. Beautiful and wonderful. It's very, very um, swanky. He gives him a clicker to open it and then he gives him a second one. He said, and this one's for your wife. Which could be Sean or could be Topanga. I wasn't sure which one. It's true. Sean's over there at the locker more than Topanga. When he said that, I kind of thought it was Sean. But yeah. later on, we find out it was Topanga. Right. Um, And then... The chemistry teacher comes over and he's like, here's your papers. Uh, good job, Corey. You got an A+. And Corey's like, I got an A+. You can't even read it because it was all burned up. Right. Like, And he was like, oh, I saw where you were going with it. So like, you did great. Good job. And he gives Sean his. He's like, Hunter, here's yours. It's a D plus or a D. D yeah. And he's like, just so you know, chemicals do explode. And he walks away, and Sean's like, oh, man, I got a D. Riding on your coattails. Riding on your coattails, Corey. And so basically, Sean says, like, you can't tell them that you're not a hero. Like, this is exciting. Please keep it going. This is a good thing. Sean is the reason why Corey continues to perpetuate this lie. Yeah, because Corey wanted to tell on himself right here. Corey wanted to say, I did this. This is getting out of hand already. And Sean was like, no way. I'll get in trouble. Don't do that. Right. He doesn't Sean. say that, but it was that was why Sean would say no. Right. Sean doesn't care whether or not Corey is somebody because Sean is telling him, like, you always wanted to be somebody. Now's your chance to be somebody. Yeah, Sean is a really shitty friend. Um, but he says, like, do not do anything about this. Enjoy this. It's fun. You're getting things out of it. Congratulations. And then it cuts from the hallway to the hallway again, again. 
It's at a later time. It is. That's three cuts to the hallway. Um, but I don't know how this... to take notes if I'm doing three cuts to the hallway. Um, well... Because I put little headers that say, like, what's, where each scene is. Like, it cut to hallway. Oh, I see that. Yours is like, hall, hall, hall. No, now it says hall, hall again, and then hall again, again. You're very, very funny when you're writing things. Like, you, <laughs> you got your read, face on there. You guys should read my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's your transcript. It is my transcript. One day I'll post this on our Twitter or something. Actually, like at some point, I think we should transcript it. I don't know how, but that, we should. That is a topic for another day. Okay. I don't know how. Okay. So. Um, Cuts to the hall. Sean is putting his stuff in the locker next to Corey's because I guess they have lockers next to each other now instead of across the school from each other. And Topanga runs over. We finally see Topanga for a split second. And she runs over and she's like, uh, Sean, come on, we've got to get to the rally in the calf. And Sean's like, why? And Sean says, I don't, I don't do that. That's not my thing. You know, jocks, uh, teachers, cheerleaders, cheerleaders. Oh, wait, let's go. And starts running and grabs Topanga's hand. Yeah. And they sprint off to the cafeteria. The very, very tiny cafeteria for a school that is a thousand grades in it. Well, it's smaller than it normally is. It was weird. It's smaller than it normally is. And it's normally too small for an entire school that has like two schools in it. Man, we went to the school last night for Aubrey's thing. And um, we grew up in the area. I uh, dated girls who went to that school. So I'd been there a billion times. And... It is so nice now. Yeah, they they've had a planetarium for a long time, but, but like they got it redone and yeah. it's like crazy. They have like movie theater style posters outside with lights all around it like, "Ooh, look at the planetarium." And like a nice marbleized floor. It's nuts. It really is, and we've been in a lot of high schools recently for different um our kids are getting old. Yeah, our kids are getting old. Uh, Caden's high school is huge. Mm-hmm. Like his auditorium is gigantic. Like it's a theater. Mm-hmm. Any of the auditoriums in our area are a huge like theater. And they only have four classes in them. Yeah. Or four so grades in them. what is this nonsense? I don't know. It's almost like it's a TV show with a small budget. Mm, good point. Um. Anyway, so they are starting this rally and Tommy's on the stage and he's like, okay, so we're going to kick so-and-so high school football team's butts and blah, 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 blah. But like, I wouldn't be able to do that without a football field. And the only reason I have a football field is from this man right here. And he hits Corey on the chest um, and says, and here to introduce him is his brother, Eric. What's your last name? Eric says it's Matthews, and he goes, "Whoa, same last name as your brother." And Corey or Eric goes, "Funny how that works, huh?" <laughs> Eric, Eric is the smart one in this situation. Yeah, uh, and Eric starts to give his speech, and he's just like, "Corey Matthews, Corey Matthews, Corey Matthews." Stephanie broke up with me last week, so I am single. Corey Matthews, a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody claps and claps and like Corey comes to the middle of the stage and he starts to give an impassioned speech about well, like. And he goes, 
Uh, all right, let's get started. <coughs> Sorry, I still have smoke in my lungs. And in that moment, Eric puts his hand on Corey's shoulder and Corey reaches back and grabs Eric's hand on his shoulder and they hold hands mm. while he recovers from his coughing fit from his time at war. Mm-hmm. Like... But they held hands there for so long that it was actually, like, really sweet. Mm -hmm. And um, Corey starts to talk about, you know, some of those guys are bigger than us. And winning this game is going to be really tough. But you know what? When I was looking at those flames, they were bigger than me. No, they weren't. They were in a trash can. It was the size of a topiary. Like, it was tiny. Like, it wasn't leaping all over the chemistry lab or it would have exploded. Yeah. Anyway... That was a fallacy. And he says, listen, we can all do this because we all have a little Corey Matthews inside of us. And everyone like... Was very quiet. And he goes, that's a metaphor. And then they all start clapping. And then it cuts over to Sean, who has been watching this whole thing and is watching Corey get full of himself. And he's so jealous. Mm, He gets very annoyed, perturbed. Corey... Corey's getting all the attention. He's getting all the attention. But... Sean was the one who told him to ride this wave. Yeah, Sean's getting mad, but it's Sean's fault. It is Sean's fault. Well, it is partially Sean's fault. Corey listened to him, which is his fault, but Sean took advantage of the fact that he knows that Corey listens when he tells him stuff. Yeah, but we go from the cafeteria to somewhere in the hallway. Thank God. Oh, my God, that was amazing. felt so good to get away from that hallway. Is this... um? Is this where they're walking to the back door? Yeah, they're in the backyard. They're talking about how... Sean's uh, just like, you're letting this get out of control. When Corey says, oh, they're talking about naming the high school after me. Corey Adams High. It has a nice ring to it, don't you think? And Sean... Same face as Mr. Feeney. You were confused about his reaction? No, I wasn't confused about his reaction. He was, like, suspicious. So, Sean is not suspicious. Sean is jealous. Sean is jealous of the situation that he has put Corey in by, one, being an idiot, by, two, telling him not to tell anyone when he already wanted to. Now it's all bubbled up and Corey's getting all the attention and Sean does not like it. So let's not pretend like he is doing this because he has a conscience all of a sudden. Everything that he has said or done is for his own gain. Like, it's true. Um. And he says, like, you're letting this get out of control. Don't you think that it's um, that, like, next they're going to be telling you that you're going to have a parade or I don't want to rain on your parade. And Corey's like, oh, that's Tuesday, I think. And he says, listen, Sean, I I agree. I don't I don't want this to get any worse, but I've already lied to. Oh, no, no, this doesn't happen now. Nope. He says, I it's not like I'm going to walk in here and lie to my parents. And he walks in. With his foil swan and his plastic dinosaur? Something like that. I don't know. He had a bunch of stuff. He's been given a a foil swan. I guess someone took him out to a nice... Oh, he did. He was talking about how he's going to have sushi with so-and-so. And and like, like he's getting all this stuff. Um, And he walks into the back door after saying, I'm not going to lie to my parents about this. Surprise! And his parents are like, surprise! And they come to greet him at the back door, and they're like, we're so proud of you, oh my god!" And they have, I don't know if you guys, class, if you're old enough to remember, uh, anyone around our age or older, printers used to have connected paper. 
all of the paper was one big sheet that had perforated spots. I love that paper. I did too, because you could make big banners of stuff. And guess what they did? They had a big banner that said something about like Corey's a hero or something. And it was just, it was that dot matrix printer that had printed out like 12 pages all connected that said in giant letters, Corey the hero. And and it probably was so fun to peel those edges off. Yeah. I loved peeling the edges off. Yeah, there were no edges on it. That's true. We had a thing come through at work the other day, and it was from a place we normally get stuff from. And it they normally have like 2019 printed paper. And for whatever reason, this part that came through had like a 12-page receipt or whatever like a description of what had been done to repair that part and it was all printed on that like dot matrix printer i have never heard someone call it a dot matrix printer you're so smart that's what it's called i never have known that oh only smart people would know that you're smart i'm giving you a compliment thank you i appreciate that you're welcome she says from 10 feet away well i was saying it loudly so i moved (laughs) away like you told me to so what happens now um, Corey lies to his parents. Sean looks on angrily. Yeah, he's doing that weird mouth stuff, that mm-hmm. rebellious, like, clenching of the jaw. He's very mad. Yeah. Then we see um, Eli and Jonathan are, they go to talk to Corey, and they're like, this is so exciting. Everyone needs to know about this. How would you like to tell your story on live news tonight? And Corey's just like, uh, I don't. What? Well, because that's where he had just said, I've already lied to my parents. I've lied to my friends. This can't get any worse, Sean. Who else can I lie to? And then that's when they're like, here comes the news, Corey. Um, and so basically um, they're like, you get to tell your whole story. We've been waiting for this. And Mr. Feeney is just like, I too have been waiting to hear the whole story. Yep. That's what. Got another Mr. Feeney face on my paper. Um, and Corey starts banging his head up against the locker, but like using the locker genie to automatically open it and bang it into his head for him. And Mr. Turner and Eli are like, geniuses are always weird. But again, like in any other episode, this is the point where Mr. Turner would go, something's going on here, Corey. Let's talk. Would we have learned anything from this episode if that had happened? Did we learn anything from this episode anyway? Don't light fires in a chem lab. Oh, I guess we did learn that. Because mm-hmm. in conclusion, chemicals do explode. So now Corey is having like a huge inward battle about whether or not to go on TV. And this is where Sean actually says, it was my fault. I told you to do this. So Corey's like, oh, so you're going to go on TV with me? Sean's like, no, I'm not going to go on TV with you. What happens next? Well, and right around this time, Corey also calls and... um, Oh, yes. Yeah, before this scene... An advice show. He called Dr. Sharon, which I assume is supposed to be like Dr. Laura. Like, on the phone, he calls, like, she's on the radio, and he's, she's just like, you're live with Dr. Sharon, and he's like, this is uh, Gomez, and mm-hmm. she's like, tell me what your problem is, Gomez, and then he sits there quiet for a couple ticks, and then 
He's like, oh, 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 yeah, it's me. I'm Gomez. I'm Gomez. And he says, I, I, you know, I got, I got a, this problem where I lied to people and I need to tell them the right thing. And I, and I just, I'm having a hard time figuring out how to tell them. Uh, what should I do? And she says, what you need to do is reach deep down inside yourself and you'll find the courage. And he says, I waited 45 minutes on a hold for that. And she said, okay, well, if you really want to see someone who will inspire courage, watch the news tonight. There's a story. Corey Matthews is going to tell his story about how he saved the school from the fire. And he's like, what do you know, lady? And hangs up the phone. So when Sean had like an 80-year-old man moment. So when Sean's talking to him, he says, I don't know, Gomez. What are you going to do tonight? Um, Meanwhile, downstairs... Eric is preparing himself for his debut as a weatherman because that's all he's ever wanted to do is be Mm. a weatherman. Well, he starts saying it in their bedroom because Corey at that point decides that he's not that he's going to tell the truth. So he tells Eric, Eric, what if I told you I lied and we don't actually need to be on TV? I started the fire. And Eric says, I'm going to be a weatherman or something like that. Like. Eric's just like... He's just like, don't ruin my chance to get on TV and take the place of... I can't remember what the name Rich is. Herrera. Rich Herrera. Um, and so now there's more weighing on the fact that Corey needs to go on TV because his brother wants to be a weatherman. We go downstairs. We go downstairs and Corey says to Sean, Sean, this is it. I've lied to everyone. I am going straight to hell. And the problem is, when I get there, they're going to expect me to put out the fire. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was the funniest joke I've ever heard. Yeah. It was so good. Um, So now we go downstairs. Amy and Alan are all dressed up. Um, They're talking to the news anchor who's, like, batshit crazy and, like, has too much caffeine in her system. She's like, first we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, and then we're going to go out for drinks, but not the young people. Um, and then Eric introduces himself and slides in on the couch so that he's like sitting with his parents, even though he's not supposed to be there. And he's like, isn't it, isn't it weird? Like I'm Eric Matthews, but it's just crazy that 14 degree wind chill out there, isn't it? He would have made a very good weatherman. I think so. Um, although weather people have to be really smart, like they actually have to understand the chart. Mm. so are we implying that he's smart again i don't know he seemed kind of smart in this episode other than being attention hungry agreed because uh, when he was talking about the weather stuff he did it well i think except for when he's talking and he interrupts or he says uh let me project for a minute or something like that instead of saying interject yeah he yeah he says something weird it starts with a p i can't remember what it was oh let me protrude for yes a moment. yes that's what it was yeah um so she starts to interview Alan and Amy and, and Eric protrudes. Um, and she asks like Alan, and Amy, like, what is it like having a hero for a son? Has he always been this way? And is, has it changed him at all? Um, they kick Eric off the couch after he goes on a weather tangent, like mm-hmm. go to bed. And he's like, we're on live TV. Don't do this to me. And Alan's like, I don't care. Go. Um, and Alan starts to answer and he says, um, you know, Corey hasn't changed at all because for Corey, doing the right thing is just who he is as a person. He says he didn't do this to be a hero. He did it because it was the right thing to do. And that's what makes him special. Mm-hmm. Um, and Corey hears this. Well, and- 
at no point, at no point in this whole thing has Alan said, Corey, why were you at the school at midnight? We don't know that it was midnight. True. I'm thinking it was probably like 8.30, 9 o'clock. It was just dark. I guess. It gets dark at 4.30 right now. That's true. I just. It with, seemed late, but nobody questioned what he was doing out that late. It was just, why were you near the school? Uh, that's true. So I thought Mr. Feeney questioned it being late. No, he just asked, why were you near the school? And so mm. he said he was coming home from Chubby's. To be fair, right now it's one o'clock in the afternoon and it feels like it's 930 at night. If we were to break and enter into a school right now, we would have just assumed it was midnight. It's true. And we would have started a fire. But anyway. I wouldn't start a fire. I would have let my eyes adjust to the dark and then I would have found the window. That's what normal people would do. Well, some of us have a little Corey Matthews inside of us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Then they cut to Rich Herrera and you hear Eric scream from upstairs because Rich Herrera. Yeah, he's, they're like, we're going to break for the weather with Rich Herrera. And Eric's like, no. And then Corey, who's really panicking at this point, he feels like his conscious his conscience is exploding. He goes out to talk to Mr. Feeney, who's dealing with the fact that everybody's cords and cables for the cameras are on his azaleas. And he says, get your generator off my bramble bush, which is the <laughs> best euphemism I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Mr. Feeney is a gem. He is. Um, so Corey goes over and starts talking to him and he's just like, I don't understand why I feel this way. And, and he sort of, um, like alludes to the fact that he isn't the hero that everybody's making him out to be. And he's just like, what does it even mean to be a hero? And Mr. Feeney starts to talk about like, well, you know, a fireman can be a hero. And I once knew a man who worked in um, a warehouse or a, a factory, a factory for his whole life. And he hated it, but he did it because it was the only way that he could provide for the family that he loved. And I think that that makes him a hero. And Corey's like, yeah, from where I'm standing, that's what it looks like too. And Mr. Feeney says, like, the true definition of a hero is doing the right thing when the right thing feels uncomfortable. And Corey says, you've known all along, haven't you, Mr. Feeney? And he said, if what you're asking, or if this is what you're asking, I don't know enough to cause any trouble for anyone. You have to do the right thing. Mr. Feeney was very smart this episode. He was. And very, like... Got me in my heart. Got you in your it heart? Got me in my heart. I'm already like, see, the universe makes me emotional. And mm-hmm. so I was already like in that headspace of like everything means so much mm-hmm. that Mr. Feeney's like talks were like, oh man, that means so much. It turns out that Mr. Feeney was Green Diamond all along. <laughs> that, that joke was for one and a half people. Or uh, none. It was only for us. Yeah. But Amy and Alan walk out. And Corey says, Mom and Dad, I can't do it. I can't be on TV. And they're like, why? And he explains, I'm not a hero. I didn't. I I, I started the fire that I put out. Yeah. And they're like, you started the fire? Mm-hmm. It had to have been in the back of their heads a little bit. Right. Our kids are really good. And even when they are purely doing nothing but good, there is a little voice in the back of my head that says, oh, hey, be careful. Mm-hmm. There might be something bad attached to this. Yeah. Uh, but they say, 
uh, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go back inside and you're going to tell Connie that you can't do the TV show. You can't do the news uh, because you aren't the hero that you thought you were. And Corey says, yeah, but then she's going to freak out on me. And uh, Alan says, yeah, well, she can get in line. Yeah. Um, And they're like, why would you even do this? And he says, I just wanted to be something different than what I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they go back inside and Mr. Feeney basically is just like, or Mr. Feeney says something to Corey and Corey's like, you really did know all along. And Mr. Feeney says, I knew the character of the person saying it. And Corey's just like the character. And he's like, yeah, the character of a hero. So what he was saying is that Corey did the right thing, even when it was uncomfortable, and that he was still a hero. And he is that person. He's not not that person. Yeah. And he says, I'll see you at the school tomorrow. And Corey says, but tomorrow's Saturday. And he says, yep, uh, bring some clothes. You're going to be painting. But not cleaning up the chem lab because he did technically save it from explosion. That's true. Like, he did do the right thing. Yes, he could have kept going. Yeah. He didn't. He went back in. So he was partially that hero. He, Yeah, he easily could have said, hey, I messed up. I was trying to get this paper in because I was late. Um, and I, we don't all have computers that can email papers to teachers. And it took nine hours for that to print out on a printer. Oh, I love that sound. And But uh, somewhere along the way, because it was a chem lab, we started a fire, and I just couldn't let that go unnoticed. I put it out, or I pulled the fire alarm to put it out. Yeah, like it was not containable, and I pulled the fire alarm mm-hmm. and saved everything because there could have been a giant explosion. Yeah. So at least then maybe he wouldn't have been on the news, but I don't think he wouldn't have gotten in much trouble because it would have been like, okay, you, you messed up, but then you did the right thing. Right. But anyway, uh, it's not over yet. We still get the post credit scene. What is it? Are you done with your notes? Yeah, my last note is heroic. Okay, we go to the hallway and Janitor Bud is pulling the locker genie out oh, and Sean yeah. is like, I can't believe you would do this. He did save your life still. Right, like you would actually be dead if he hadn't pulled that um, fire alarm. And uh, uh, Janitor Bud says, oh, you're right. You know what? I, I owe you my life, but Mr. Feeney pays my paycheck. So he tells me to pull it out. I'm pulling it out. So he takes the locker genie out and then he says, and the clicker? And Feeney... Er, uh, and Corey hands him the clicker. And, and Mr. Feeney hands him the other clicker. And it turns out Mr. Feeney was Corey's wife all along. And Janitor Bud looks at Topanga, who's standing there with Corey, and says, Mrs. Fraud. And she hands him the clicker. And he walks off. But we never really... Well, so then real quick, what happens is... They ask him if he's doing okay with everything. He puts his arm around both of them, and then he says, yeah, I'm great. I got my girlfriend, I got my best friend, and I got... And then uh, Tommy cuts them off and goes, get out of my way. Get out of my way, kid. Because the whole thing was earlier, Tommy didn't know his name. And then when he saved the school, Tommy knew his name. And Corey goes, and I got my old name back. What could be better than this? And then the chemistry teacher walks over to Tommy and says, Tommy, uh, you can, you know, yeah, I just went ahead and gave you an A. Don't worry about it too much. And then Corey goes over to him, and he forgot Corey's name again. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. End of the episode. So, normally what we do 
at some point in these episodes is where we relate it to something that happened to our ourselves. At what point, Tanya, did you accidentally burn something down and then save it and then take the 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 blame or take the blame for being a hero and then go on the news? I don't know, but I know someone in this room who lit a trash can on fire. Huh? I said I know someone in this room who lit a trash can on fire. Who else is in this room? It's just you. I wasn't. What? I didn't light a trash can on fire. Mm, I think you lit a trash can on fire. I, I lit my floor on fire. Fire? Does that count? Yeah. Wasn't it under a trash can because you're trying to throw something in the trash? No. Sort of. No. Yes, but no. The story that I remember is y- that there was a burn spot under the trash can. No. So, I wasn't even thinking about this when I said that because I didn't I think... I thought about this the moment the fire hit the trash can. I didn't think we had any stories. <laughs> that whole bit that I did was me trying to say that like nobody has ever had anything like this happen in their entire lives. But I guess I do have something similar... Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. When you told me stories of your childhood, you weren't expecting us to have a podcast together. Ah, that's correct. But I also wasn't expecting people I know, people in my family, people that I birthed. I think you need to look at this as an honesty moment. So I can be hero? And show that you're a flawed person and... In turn, you become heroic. Well, Connie, let me tell you. <laughs> it was a it was a cold day. The wind chill was fourteen degrees. It, I was a young teenager. I don't remember. Much like Corey Matthews was a young teenager. I don't remember how old I was. Somewhere between the age of twelve and fifteen. And you know. <laughs> How uncomfortable are you right now? Kind of uncomfortable. So if you do the right thing in this moment, you will be a true hero. I don't know what the right thing is right now. Come clean, Alden. So I... um, (laughs) Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Aubrey. Uh, I was... You know, you didn't have access to the internet those days. And you didn't, you know, get to see what naked people looked like, really. You know, (laughs) we all had that problem, you know? Don't we, didn't we all have that problem? I felt like we all had that problem. If I were to guess, Connie, I think we all had that problem. <laughs> but I drew a picture, and it was a little inappropriate. And my parents don't know this story. I, <laughs> I drew a picture of a girl with a shirt off. And I was very embarrassed that I drew that picture, but I didn't want to just erase it because I was afraid that somehow they would find out. There's the imprint under that paper. There would be an imprint of that boob lady under that paper. So how do you dispose of paper and make sure there is nary a trace to be found? You could turn the faucet on and make it like really, really, really wet and then put it in the trash can. Hmm, that would be safe. Mm-hmm. Or you could take a lighter and you could light that paper on fire. And, you know, all it really had to do was get down to about belly button level. <laughs> Once that paper got down to belly button level, you blow it out and you throw it away. Um, or what you don't think about when you're burning an entire piece of paper is that when you blow it out, part of it's going to 
float away and land on the floor and catch the floor on fire. I had a carpet in my room and the floor caught on fire. Now that could have been very dangerous, but let me tell you what I did. I grabbed the nearest towel. I, (laughs) I stamped it out. And I saved my entire house. And manager, and janitor Bud. I was a hero. So my, my parents my parents asked me the next day why there <laughs> why the floor was burnt. <laughs> and I said I was trying to read a book. I think this is what I said. I was trying to read a book, so I lit a match so I could read my book. And it fell on the floor and I put it out and that was the end. Like they were just like, Oh, okay. Don't do that. And that was it. You didn't get a parade. I didn't get a parade or the news or I didn't get my friend mad at me. Because what about a locker genie? I didn't get a locker genie. I didn't I get, I cannot believe you didn't get a locker genie. I didn't get a red carpet. I didn't get you needed a red carpet to put over your burnt <laughs> carpet. <laughs> it did. That burnt carpet was there for years and years and years. Eventually, so you see, class, he did actually have a story that directly correlated with this. But I didn't get on the news. You wouldn't have. Why? Corey got on the news. Thank you for telling us your truth today. You're welcome. It is what happened. It makes me very happy. Does it? Yes. I'm glad it makes you happy. Everything I do is to make you happy. Now I'm a hero. You're my hero. <laughs> And you're Uh, uncomfortable again. What's the right thing to do now? So anyway, what do you have that relates to this story? Zero things. You never were on the news? Nope. Did you ever burn anything? Yeah, but I never actually like lit anything on fire. That's not how burn works. No, I mean like I would burn paper, but I would always put it in the sink. But that was just because I liked fire. Like Mm -hmm. I would burn paper in the sink so I could like watch it burn. But the water was right there. Mm Mm-hmm. That's probably a smart way to do it. Yeah, I'm really smart in my pyromania. Yeah, I wasn't. I thought that I was good. Like, belly button level, blow it out, throw it away. Like, that's all fine and dandy. Trash can was right there, ready for this all to go down. But it didn't. I mean, it. it you, you blow it. What if what had happened is like... You went to blow it and just the boobs came off of the paper and they had like imprinted themselves on your carpet forever. Yeah. Or like it, the fire like burns boob shapes on my carpet. <laughs> now it looks, now it looks like I'm a, like a, uh, a perverted, perverted arsonist. Um, this has been the story of Alden the perverted arsonist. Yeah. Anyway. But I really wish you had a story to tell. I do too, honestly. I'll have one to tell soon, I'm sure. Okay, so what <laughs> I'm do you light something on fire tomorrow? So what did you think of this episode? Um, the first time I watched it, I was kinda like, eh, it was alright. It wasn't great. The second time I watched it, I liked it a lot more. And I wonder if it's just like yesterday, Aubrey and I watched so many Christmas movies. We were working on my commissions together and we watched so many Christmas movies and we were laughing so hard over it that by the time we turned on Boy Meets World, we were exhausted let me tell you laughing over plumbing commercials is labor intensive anyway i really liked the episode the second time we watched it it was enjoyable i'm glad topanga was in it for two seconds Mm -hmm. um still no minkus 
I do wish we had, well, you go ahead. Tell your, tell your story. Still no minkus, but there has been a minkus sighting this week. <laughs> okay. Minkus? What was his name in real life? Stuart Minkus. In real life. Lee. Harvey Oswald. No. Anyway, the guy who played Minkus this year, the year 1999, 2019. Are you okay? I'm fine. 2019, Lifetime, had a Christmas movie. And Minkus was an actual, like, regular, normal guy character. He was not just, like, the nerdy guy. He was the future brother-in-law of the main girl in a Lifetime Christmas movie. And it was so good to see him. And it was so good to see him not just playing nerdy boy like he did his... Lee Norris. That's his name, Lee Norris. (laughs) I remembered. I'm so I just proud had of to you. talk through it a little bit. My hero. Oh, thanks. Anyway, he's in a Lifetime movie, Lee Norris, on Lifetime. That's her thoughts on the 2019. episode. Uh, so, yeah, I I didn't hate the episode when I first saw it. I didn't love it ever, but I thought it was fine. It was. A, I don't remember it. It was an okay episode. Uh, it it was. Maybe it hit too close to home for you. Maybe, but it. I don't I didn't hate it like you did. But it was annoying to watch the people who normally would be there for Corey and be like insightful into Corey's life and all of them were like just you did great Corey. Woo. Nobody asked any questions except for Mr. Feeney. It was real it was a real harkening back to season 1. But I have a thought though. What's your thought? Mr. Turner now has has his best friend around all the time. Yeah. Having that camaraderie kind of changes you as, like, an authority figure. Maybe. I think maybe he's just, like, in a optimistic and happy mood at this point. Like, he has his best friend at work with him all the time. Mm-hmm. That could have an effect on his general, like, persona. Maybe, but even last week, um, Eli caught Corey and helped him through a, a hard time. Um, so the two of them combined... Eli and Jonathan, they should be able to kind of like join forces and create Voltron and save Corey's life. But Corey's not usually the problem. True. But they're not used to Corey being the problem. He hasn't been the problem. He's been a person who's trying to fix problems. So why would they think the person who tells them that Sean is running away to Paris, Texas is actually telling a lie about the fire? True. But I I really do wish... um, I wish we had seen what Topanga thought of the whole situation. Yes. She she never explained how she felt. And Except I know for a brief second where she was like, isn't this so exciting what's happening for Corey? And that's when Sean gets mad. And she, I, I was thinking when the first time I watched the episode, I was like, there wasn't really much time for her to do that, really. There wasn't enough room for that. But... Watching back the second time, totally cut out that entire scene with him calling Dr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Sharon. Was that what it was? Yeah. And cut that out and then have an extra minute or 45 seconds or whatever where we check in with Topanga to see how she's feeling about the whole situation. Right. Did she know? I don't know. Did she know? And then when she did know, how did she feel about it? Was she upset with Corey? Uh, 
knowing Topanga as well as we do, I would think that if she knew that he lied, she would have been very mad. She had to know by the end, and she still was there with him. Unless before they, before he talked to people about it, maybe he did talk to her and he said, look, I, 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 this isn't real. Like, none of this is real. I don't know what to do. Because he did say, he said in the middle of the episode, I forget where, but he was talking about how he's, he doesn't want to let everybody down. Like, because now everybody's counting on him. He's talking to Sean and he goes through his, his, um, his daily tasks, like everything he has to do throughout the course of the day. And he's like, well, I need to be here with this person. And then I have to do this with this person. And then I do with this, this person. I don't want to upset them and let them down. So I think part of it is him going like, I can't do that. I like, I didn't want to get in this mess, but now that I'm in it, I don't want everyone to be sad. Right. And Topanga might've been able to talk him through that and say, you know, I I understand that. I, I don't want you to make everyone sad either. Yeah. It would have been nice if they used Topanga as the voice of reason that she is. Yeah. They could have had, like, Topanga and Mr. Feeney both, kind of. Because Mr. Feeney was great in this episode. Yes, he was fantastic. Um, But Topanga, as a peer, usually is the balancer of Sean as a peer. Like, there is the angel on one side and the devil on the other. Sean was ridiculous. He was, but I do think it was really good to hear him say, Hey, you know what? I can't be too mad at you. This is my fault. I got you into this mess. Yeah, I was... Early in my notes, I'd written, like, what the hell? This was all Sean's fault. Like, what is he even doing? Why is he so mad? It's all because of him. Yeah. But I don't think there's been a... There have been times when Corey has gotten Sean into a mess, and Corey hasn't gone back and said, this is all my fault. Um, And there have been multiple times where Sean has done this to Corey and not come back and said, this is my fault. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this was the first time either one of them has gone, hey, you know what? I can't be mad at you anymore. I did this. So the whole lesson of the episode is to take responsibility for your own actions. Yep. The more which you know. Is, which is why I had you tell your story because finally at age 36 you're taking responsibility for your burnt carpet. Yeah. They ended up getting that carpet replaced so it's, it is what it is. It looks way nicer in there now so I'm a hero. Is it in the house that they're in now? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean they had all their carpets redone. It wasn't just because of the burnt spot. Um, the carpet was like from 1970 or something when we moved in. So you couldn't just say, oh, it was here the whole time? The burn mark? Yeah. No, we I'd lived there for eight years. And it smelled it like singed hair? It didn't just appear. No, it was, it was, it was a spot, probably a foot by a foot that was burnt. It what? wasn't, it wasn't like an inch. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's huge. Yeah, it like was Like it big. was a fire fire. Yeah. And I didn't get in any trouble. <laughs> I, got, I, got, now. I got in trouble for a lot of stuff. I never got in trouble for Your that. Your mom is so mad at you right this second. It does. So if my kids right now said, oh, don't worry about that fire spot. I was trying to read a book. <laughs> also wouldn't be okay. Right. I don't know how. I got in trouble for lots of stuff. I don't know why that's one that I didn't. Maybe they were really tired that day. Or maybe they were like, holy shit, the house almost burned down. Thank God. Yeah. So... Anyway, those any, are... any closing remarks? No, that's pretty much it. I, I'm sorry, family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to my family and to, I don't know, karma. I, I shouldn't have ever been on the news. It's true. But my closing remarks are it was a, it was an okay episode. It was, it was a new director. It was a new writer. I don't know if they appear anymore, uh, but if they don't, my assumption is 
hey, ABC, we need 23 episodes. We have 15 really good episodes written. Can you help us flesh out a few more episodes that'll that'll fill some time? Yeah, and to be fair, last week's episode was a little bit heavy. Yeah. Um, and they do tend to do these sort of like one-off episodes in between heavy episodes. Yeah, think, so who knows what the next episode is going to be like? I think the last two or three episodes have been kind of heavy, right? It's, it's they from the beginning they have been very Sean and Mr. Turner centric, mm-hmm. like very much so. Yeah, that's true. And those were heavy. And then we get a Corey episode, and it's this like kind of Silly. filler, yeah, um, standard sitcom fare kind of stuff. The news is going to do it. Like I think every. 90s sitcom had an episode where it was like the news is going to do this story on you that you lied about right yeah this just since like 1958 there has been that episode it's like the pregnant in a elevator episode oh yeah um but it wasn't bad no it wasn't it it wasn't at all just it's always strange to go from like oh goodness like my heart can't handle much more of this heartbreak to well i guess Corey is a hero now. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good. It was good. Uh, three out of five stars. I watched it without you yesterday. Uh-huh. I enjoyed watching it with you much more. Aww. Class, I enjoyed watching it with you. I just didn't want anyone to feel left out. Oh, okay. I enjoyed watching it with you more, Tanya. More? Yeah. Oh, more than the class. No, more than you enjoyed watching it with me. I don't know why you had to make this a competition <laughs> every time. Uh, anyway, anything else you want to say? Um, no, just thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at... BMGM BMW. You can find us on Gmail at... BMGM BMW at gmail.com. Or you can find our Facebook. Just type in BMGM BMW. In a little search bar. Don't do it in your status update. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, do, please. Do do it in your status update. We just got very loud. <laughs> Put that in your status update, BMG and BMW. And people say, what are you doing? Did you fall asleep on your keyboard? You can say, no, I fell asleep listening to the best podcast in the world because they were boring me to sleep. But it's the best podcast in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sleep podcasts are a big thing. Maybe it's true. we're a good sleep podcast. It's true. I started listening to this Calm app and they got like Nick Offerman doing bedtime stories. God, that's nice. It's a nice sleep time. I wonder if I could do a sleep time. Let's do a sleep time episode. You can. Okay. I try to get you to tell me stories so I can fall asleep all the time. Okay. Your voice is very soothing. Someone send me a story that I can read into a microphone and give it to Tanya as a Christmas gift and then I don't have to buy anything. I think that they should write a short Boy Meets World fanfic for you to read. Do it. Do it. But it's got to be like a sweet bedtime kind of story. No fires in the chem lab. Right. No boob drawings. No Sean sneaking out of the house. Oh, these are the list of things that Tanya can't stand for. She wouldn't wake. Else I can sleep. She too. she wouldn't sleep through Sean sneaking out. She would sit up, bolt upright in her bed. <laughs> sneaking out again, Sean. <laughs> All right. So this has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Thank you for joining us. As always, we appreciate you. We appreciate your feedback. We appreciate just hanging out with you. Um. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 3, Episode 5. Class dismissed.